Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back, folks. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas holiday. It was nice having a, a few days away. It was nice to celebrate. I had family in town and... All of that, uh, other than that big rainstorm on Saturday, everything uh, seemed to uh, go well for most people, and uh, that's good to hear. we got a great show lined up for you uh, today. We're going to visit with Tan Trung, WWL multimedia journalist, pay-to-play. Is that what's going on with the bowl picture? There's so many different bowls that are out there today, but the playoff uh, picture is going to change next year. There will be more teams. There's a reshuffling. We'll be Will we be in the mix? And the real question is money. We'll start off the 12 o'clock hour with Tim Temple, Louisiana Insurance Commissioner-elect. He had an opportunity to go visit with the reinsurance markets in England. We'll talk to him about what his feelings are about what they had to say and where that will lead. We'll also check in with Billy Nungesser. He's out in Pasadena getting ready for the Rose Bowl Parade. It has significance in more ways than one. The Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl are aligned in the playoff picture. They both have the semifinal game. And uh, so it's, it's interesting uh, from that perspective. But uh, it's been very successful for us in the past, and we'll check in with Billy Nungesser. At 1030, Andranika Marsh joins us. Greater New Orleans Housing Alliance. There is a bunch of issues relative to property taxes. I talked about some of that last week. Uh, it's still going now. There are a couple of taxing districts that are contemplating rolling their millage forward those in the housing uh, affordable housing uh, groups are upset that they would do that uh, in light of tax credits being given away and we'll talk about their perspective on that issue a lot of folks have talked about 2023 coming to an end and i was just talking with tommy about a lot of things that happen when you look back and review and you find out that sometimes the the Negative things outweigh the positive things. For some, the positive outweigh the negative. And there's always a hope and a dream that the next, the coming year, the following year, is going to be a much better year. Well, I hate to dampen that, but i got to make the following observations of what's happening and what's going on and what uh, we will be facing in the coming weeks. A lot of contentious issues, pocketbook issues and otherwise, that will be considered by Congress once they come back into session. Defense spending. We are down and out as it relates to our own arsenal of weapons and things um, there. Uh, The whole uh, defense um, business and what we are doing relative to defense technologies and things of that nature, to make sure that we have the latest and greatest technology in in support and in defense of this nation. 
is um, subject to a lot of criticism. It's going to take more money. We're going to have to spend at a faster rate, and we're going to have to produce at a faster rate. A lot of this has been uncovered and revealed as a result of our support for Ukraine in the Russian-Ukrainian war, as well as the Israeli-Hamas war. And those are two other separate issues that we have to come to grips with as it relates to finance, funding, uh, defense spending, providing arms overseas uh, that will increase debt limits that are becoming more and more of a concern, even from a bipartisan standpoint. You now have Democrats talking about uh, the fact that this is uh, getting a little bit out of control and they're having significant reservations as to how they're going to get it back into control, especially with all that they are facing. Immigration continues to be a huge problem. There's another caravan forming out there. They believe it's going to be at least 15,000 people headed this way. We are setting new records almost daily now at the border. Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, and others went down to visit AMLO. Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, the President of Mexico. Um, A lot of folks just felt like it was a dog and pony show to look like something was going to be done because, quite frankly, this situation has become so out of control that really I'm not so sure that the country of Mexico is going to be able to do much, if anything, to stem the tide. And by doing so, they just really create a huge problem for themselves. This is something that should have been done two years ago, not today. And it should have been aggressive, and and it will continue to harm uh, U.S. citizens. And it's interesting, you know, I always try to put this in the context of U.S. citizens versus those that are not invited. And when I say not invited, they've decided to just shirk the rules, circumvent the rules, engage in a culture of noncompliance, walk across the border, and uh, make claims that are bogus. We know they're bogus so that they can gain access to this country as opposed to coming to the country legally, which would just make things a hell of a lot easier. Well, just the other day, to give you an example of the irony of what's going on here, You've heard me say that a lot of the folks that are coming across are well-intentioned people. They want to make a better life for their family, their kids, and everything else. They want to live the American dream. No one blames them. I certainly don't. They want to be better off. They want to have more opportunities. They want to be safe. They want to have a welfare program that is there in case they don't make it and they know that there will still be sustenance. But the challenge in this country is is that each time and each day that goes by we increase these numbers, we are creating more folks here that live below the federally identified poverty level. We're north of 40 million now in this country. And there's no one that can say that we're doing an adequate job in supporting those folks that are here. So the, the basic question has always been, why would we want more? If we're doing a crappy job of those who are citizens that are here, Why would we want to exacerbate that problem by allowing others to come in? It just doesn't make any sense to me 
because the inefficiency of the government and the way that they're handling this is not going to gain efficiency by having more numbers. I don't know about you, but I've not seen it happen. It would be great if it would happen, but I doubt very seriously that it will. In fact, I'm fairly confident that it won't. But this is how tenuous this is becoming in this country. So the D.C. mayor, Muriel Bowser, the District of Columbia received additional allocations under SNAP, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. The D.C. mayor is saying that the budget of D.C. is in such dire straits that she does not want to make these payments that are being provided by the federal government. She wants to be able to fund other priorities within the District of Columbia budget and not provide that. Now, this is a Democrat that's basically saying that the federal government has decided that there is dollars available to give more to those SNAP recipients, and she doesn't want to distribute it. Now there's a battle between the D.C. Attorney General, Brian Schwab, and the mayor, because he says the mayor cannot unilaterally divert or withhold funds. But what this is emblematic of is what I'm actually talking about. We have had to consume so many dollars in other budget line items dealing with issues such as immigration and other issues that these budgets are out of whack. And then when you have something that's there for the working poor that we're not doing a good job of dealing with in the first place, they have direct funds. We're standing in the way of giving them to them. But we're not standing in the way of giving them to others that are coming across in other means coming across the border illegally. This is the classic example of what's going on here. I've been talking about this for two years. I just happened to come across this article yesterday, and it's just interesting that the priorities now are completely and totally out of whack. This has always been a typical Democrat-funded uh, program, one that they would they would die on that hill for SNAP. It's well-intentioned. I get it. I got it. I'm not being critical of it. But here we are that we're going to try and backfill other voids in the budget at the sacrifice of the working poor. You don't, you don't usually hear that in a Democrat-led city. But this is how upside down we are at the present time. And this is what we're going to be fighting throughout 2024 because all of these issues, defense spending, debt limit, Israel, Hamas, Ukraine, and immigration in and of itself are going to put such fiscal pressures on this country. We're going to have a very difficult time figuring out what the prioritization is going to be because the ideologies are coming. It's, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be like the uh, when, when you see the mountain goats bump, bumping uh, their horns on the side of a cliff trying to knock each other down. That's, that's where we're headed, and it's going to show up in, in, in the coming weeks of January of 2024. And it will reveal itself in many, many, many different ways.
we have got to get control of the border, plain and simple. And it doesn't mean that people are against immigration. It just means that we cannot absorb the numbers that we're being asked to absorb monthly here without there being huge detrimental effects, not only to our economy, but you now have the mayor of Denver, the mayor of Chicago, the mayor of New York City coming together saying, if the federal government does not resolve this issue, we are in dire straits in our cities. And our citizens are asking that they be made the, the, the priority. And more importantly, everybody's looking for the citizen privilege. They don't see it. They don't understand it. They feel like they're entitled to it. And I agree. I've been saying that all along. We cannot, nor should we, be all things to all people because, simply put, it's a mathematical equation and we cannot afford it. Yes, we can go play all the exotic games with taxes. But how many people want to really pay more taxes? And how many people really believe that those with wealth are going to be able to finance all of this? There's no other country that's been able to do it. And in fact, it goes a lot deeper into the lower wage income earners and the amount of, amount of taxes that they pay in these other countries. That's the true, real alternative solution. We talk about it. We talk around it. We never talk through it. And we never talk to it. But 2024 is going to be interesting to see the reliability, the viability of our economy with all of these other issues that we're facing. And we'll know by this summer how this is going to play out for the remainder of 2024. And whether we are able to reach a compromise or not, we've already had speakers, Speaker of the House removed. We had a difficult time getting a Speaker of the House for this very reason. Compromising on these very issues and not holding the line on these very issues. Now, we've kicked this can down the road here for a couple of months. We bought ourselves more time. We got a speaker that's in. He's a little wet behind the ears still. He's learning the job. He's learning uh, the difficulties of uh, reaching and mediating, uh, trying to mediate compromises. Doesn't look like we're any closer. Still, those holding out on both sides, not willing to do much of anything. And in the interim, back to the military issue, we have our military getting shot upon by Houthi rebels and out of Yemen and all being financed by Iran. Our policy relative to Iran has not changed. The Middle East is in a worse position than it is ever. We're trying to figure out and craft a, a, a solution to Gaza, and everyone not everyone, but a lot of people believe, like I do, they got to finish the job. If they don't finish the job, this is going nowhere. They'll claim victory. I was talking with someone just last evening about that, and they, they showed me historically how every time they actually lost, they claim victory, and, of course, the mainstream media, 
buys into it, they embrace it, and the next thing you know, they're off and running, getting more funding and everything else, having people believe that they were actually victorious. They've actually BSed their own population into believing they were in a much better shape now than they were before, which everyone knows is not true. And it's the same thing that's going to happen over and over and over again. Israel is, has, has decided to, to take a much stronger line, and now we're trying to rally troops around them to beat them back on that issue. And we're going to have a two-state solution with whom? Hamas, Hezbollah, Fatah, some of the splinter organizations. They've been taught since pre-K about how they have to annihilate the Jews from the river to the sea. That's all they've been indoctrinated with. How do you end up putting that aside? That's the party that you're going to sit and negotiate across from. And we really believe that we're going to get somewhere. This is going to all reveal in the first three months of 2024. And although I, like many others, am glad to see 2023 behind us, I'm not as optimistic about 2024 as some. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Andronika Mars, the Greater New Orleans Housing Alliance. Uh, Andronika, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Same thing you knew. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. <laughs> it's been a while since we've talked, but uh, a lot going on right now. There are two uh, independent uh, or, uh, governmental entities that are uh, tax recipient bodies thinking about rolling their millages forward. You guys have taken a position that they need to roll their millage back. Why is that? Correct. The frankly, we think number one with a bullet that the the uh, underlying assessments are deeply flawed. The fact that the assessor is increasing overall value by 18 percent 
uh, given the state of, of housing, the cost of housing, the cost of property, the value of property, it's out, completely outrageous and unwarranted. And to lock that flawed assessment in for four years is simply a blow the people of New Orleans just can't take right now. With this and insurance, um, which shows no signs of, a, uh, of, of, of coming down, uh, the people of New Orleans will, more people in New Orleans won't be able to afford their housing. That's rent and their mortgage. So uh, this is not new, though, with, with this um, assessor. I mean, his new, unfortunately. We, get, we don't file the tax rolls on time. Uh, I've been told that great, greater than 90% of the appeals in the state of Louisiana come from the city of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Almost all of the um, rulings by the Louisiana Tax Commission in adjusting assessed values are in the city of New Orleans. Yes, (laughs) that's right. I mean, to me, and I've said this over and over and over again, it it indicates that something's fundamentally flawed if 63 other parishes can get their property tax rolls filed on time i I don't i just don't understand it yeah no we've got some serious issues we've been talking about this you are correct we have been talking about this the people of new orleans have been talking about this for quite some time and uh we need to get the checks and balances in place to do something about this because it's it's not just the louisiana tax commission is the last stop there are other checks and balances at various levels including those taxing authorities here locally and and the city council as the board of review who need to be acting and taking their role as uh, as, as part of the check and balance system against this assessor seriously instead of going we more money um, it's because that's it's because you can't get blood from a stone uh, the idea of, of accepting and we've seen that over the years we've seen public officials, who are the recipients of these taxes uh, kind of shrug and say, we can't do anything about the assessor while they rake in the additional cash. Um, and, and, and that's a, a, that's a problematic strategy because uh, one of the things that is a big problem is what if people can't pay? Uh, what happens then to those, re- those rosy revenue projections when more and more people simply can't pay? Well, I think in the most recent article, they're, they said that roughly half of uh, a lot of the properties that were increased, um, it says here, appeals have since cut the citywide increase nearly in half. Uh, so these appeals were granted by the Louisiana Tax Commission, so they didn't believe them. They, and right. they, cut them in ha- they cut them in half already, which I guess supports your argument that something is fundamentally flawed here. Right. And one of the challenges is, is when the Louisiana, and, and this is one of the problems that we've got to be looking at, is um, when the Louisiana Tax Commission comes in, there isn't a negative consequence against the assessor's office for that mistake. Because the assessor, uh, and I'm, not sure, I'm sure you know this, given your role as a former sheriff, you know taxes intimately, uh, but a lot of people might not know that when the, uh, the assessors earn their revenue to operate their offices, it's a percentage of the certified role. So what the Board of Review certifies, that's what their percentage is. If the LTC comes back and reverses everything, it still doesn't change their percentage. So there's no consequence to Assessor Williams 
if everyone had, we, you have to go, um, you have to hire lawyers, you have to hire uh, independent appraisers, you have to hire all these people to, to fight your case all the way to the Louisiana Tax Commission. He doesn't get, he doesn't lose anything. And in fact, he has revenue off of our backs to pay his lawyers to show up and fight for, to fight against uh, the people of New Orleans uh, to keep their property taxes high when there is ample evidence that the numbers that he's using, his calculations, his methodology, um, the, it's, it's difficult to even get clear information from him because he has a bunch of well-funded consultants, PR folks, and lawyers that he uses with money we give him to fight those kinds of requests. Well, you and know what's so interesting? It, yeah. what, what's interesting to me is that over the last six to eight months, which would take in the 2023 year, right, and, yep. and the roles would have been put together over that period of time and would have been mm-hmm. approved sometime in August uh, and brought forward, uh, you know, to appeal this. You had houses uh, that were appraised at a number in 2022 that were for sale and sat for sale for the whole six and to eight month period of time. That's right. And that's right. couldn't even get the appraised rate of the that's house right. And, and sell it, and they're still sitting on the market, uh, and yet there was really not much accommodation at the assessor level, but when they get to the Louisiana Tax Commission and they show the number of properties that are uh, out there and that there's been no offers uh, or reduced offers less than the, than the appraised value, than the assessed value of the house, I mean, that's a clear indication that something is wrong here. Now, I understand that that's very difficult for an assessor to catch all of that. But, I mean, when you look across the market, there's not many markets right now that are that are really appreciating. That are booming. No, no, we're not. We're, we're at the top of – we're starting a downturn with, again, with insurance, uh, with people's inability to recover and, you know, address issues. We've still got properties that are damaged from Hurricane Ida, right? We didn't have, Ida didn't hit Metro New Orleans the same way it hit the Porcels and Bayou Country, but it still hit here. It's still, they're still damaged. There's still people fighting with their insurance companies to this day addressing these issues. Our housing stock overall is not in great shape. And so there are, and, and then when you add to how the real estate market just in general is changing, is shifting, right? Commercial real estate in particular, the stuff that's supposedly um, rock solid, the, the, the downtown development district has a uh, 20% vacancy rate. The city of New Orleans as a whole has a 23% vacancy rate. So these, there, there are very clear indicators that the assessor can access. Uh, he should be able to access. We've had these conversations with him on multiple occasions. We are in a routine conversation with the assessor about these issues, and he discounts these things. It's not that he's not aware of them. He chooses to discount them. And this is back to my point about being clear about his methodology. Uh, The assessor very, uh, very uh, refuses to share uh, and clarify what methodology he is using in an area by area. He won't tell you what methodology he uses in areas. He refuses to make that information public. And so it, 
it's it's hard to it, it's hard to figure out his math, right? What where how he comes to his numbers? Although the legislative auditor just released a report, um, they drill down on showing where um, where they think his numbers are coming from. It's 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 practice that you're not supposed to be using. Uh, and so they've come to a conclusion about how how they think it's done because he couldn't tell he could not share his data with them. And this is the second time. This is the second quadriennial. Uh, that the the legislative auditor has come in and and uh, and and accused the assessors, looked at their data, and said, "You are using practices that that fundamentally are inappropriate for what your job is." And so we again we need our, our, the agencies who are empowered to check this assessor to do so. And again, not just simply say, "Just run run me that money. Give, give us the money. We we don't care that it's wrong." We need extra money. Um, we need them helping us, pushing back against them. What is the, what is the response as to why he, and, and there may be other assessors, I don't know, that are refusing to reveal the, the regression analysis that they use in order to mm -hmm. determine value? We've never gotten a clear answer from that other than the fact that I don't have to give it to you. So is your next step to go to the state legislature and try to have a bill passed that mandates the assessors to pub to publish their regression analysis? You know, we've tried to do that before, uh, and it be, and to get more clarity and inside of information, work with a number of partners around this. And the assessors group as a, as a lobby is an incredibly powerful force. Um, and they've pushed back any meaningful reform on multiple occasions, even though uh, many of the assessors are frustrated with the fact that, you know, they, they routinely say, um, look, we, we all can't be held to commit to, to Assessor Williams' standards. We're doing what we're supposed to do. They don't want to see rules put in place um, that mandates the things that they're already doing. But allow, but, but again, there's a, there's a recognition that Assessor Williams isn't following those standards, right? You could go to almost every other parish in the state and get this information, and they will give it to you. Um, so we've gone to the tax commission. We've um, we actually, and we've gotten some rules put in place at the Louisiana Tax Commission. Part of the issue is, is that we as citizens and, and as advocates can't exercise those rules. The Board of Review can exercise those rules. The, the taxing bodies can exercise those rules. Again, coming back to... Um, the, the folks who have the power to check this assessor need to use it. Well, it would seem to me, though, Andronika, that you, the landscape right now, um, new legislative body, uh, mm -hmm. a, whole, a whole new scenario, right? It's not just about yes. property taxes. You've got homeowners insurance. You've got yes. flood insurance that's tripled, homeowners insurance mm -hmm. that for some has doubled or, you know, uh, or at least had a 60 to 100% increase in homeowners. Almost everyone I've talked to, I was just talking to someone this morning, got his homeowners uh, renewal uh, yesterday, 60% mm -hmm. increase. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, it, it seems to me that we're in a different time right now because, you know, everyone looks at day one. When they wake up on January 1st, uh, and let's just assume that you're, your homeowners is fifteen thousand, and your property taxes are ten, and your and your flood is roughly a thousand. 
you're twenty six thousand dollars in the hole on day one. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. To net to net twenty six, you got to go make depending on the tax bracket you're in, anywhere from thirty four to forty thousand dollars, probably thirty five to forty thousand dollars, minimum. Right. Your da- that, that's day one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's day, that's day one. <laughs> I mean. That's no. You know no, that's not even that's not even taken into consideration paying for principal and interest. So I, I think the landscape, because I think you have a collective body of uh, 100 senators and 105 state, I mean, uh, 50 senators and 105 Senator. state representatives that are all feeling the same pinch. Yes. And, and we do have and we do have plans to uh, talk about legislation to address insurance. And we hope certainly with this legislative auditor's report to get support. One of the challenges is going to be, though, and got to be clear about this, is that, again, this this part of it, the property tax piece, is a New Orleans specific issue. And we have challenges sometimes getting things just for New Orleans insurance as a whole. Um, we certainly think. But I don't think that, we that, should that, do it just for New Orleans. I think the issue is statewide. I mean, you know, if we're going to compel a assessor, you know, an assessor to reveal a regression analysis that's used mm-hmm. uh, on a region by region, neighborhood by neighborhood basis, with the technologies that we have today, that's not cumbersome. That's not onerous. It's not. It's, and that's nope. not a out. And that's not an out of bounds request. Plain and Correct. simple. I Correct. mean, and that's the way that it's it's got to be viewed, and Correct. and every assessor ought to, ought to carry that burden. I mean, that's what they're elected to do, to assess that's these right. values and to do it appropriately, and it's the same thing. You know, I was reading an article, and it's very similar, but you know, so th- there's a big stink with the Harvard president right now in a study that she that she did in. 2001, not about plagiarism, but but about a regression analysis that she utilized uh, that was kind of in vogue at the time. So they're asking her for her work papers as to how she got to the numbers that she got to because the as they utilize this regression analysis, they're not coming to the same outcome. Well, she's refusing to give them the work papers. Well, this is your independent academic, you know, uh, study that was been published and everything you should be willing to provide that this is your work this is what has brought you notoriety same thing here this is their work this is what they're elected to do i, was, I, I don't believe I, I, I don't believe there's even i don't yeah, believe I that they should they have the right different. to say no i i let us take let us take let us take, let us take a break yeah. Let us take a break. We'll come right back. We're visiting with Andre Nico Mars, the Greater New Orleans Housing Alliance. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela 
is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, folks. We're visiting with Andronika Morris, uh, head of the Greater New Orleans Housing Alliance. Andronika, final thoughts? Yeah, I think you are right, and we are definitely going to be moving forward with policy changes at the legislature, but we've also got to remember that our local officials do have power, and we need to get them to use it. Maybe support the legislation. That'd be a start. (laughs) (laughs) That was when the the legislation gets enacted. I mean, we had a great piece of legislation to help people if there's a dramatic increase in their property taxes, and it's been, you know— inconsistently implemented since it's been passed here in New Orleans again. So we've got to also, we got to get good state policies, but we've got to get our, our, our local folks doing their and job. The worst, and the worst part about that, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was, that whole situation was devised because of our inability to actually do what we are charged to do as the assessor, That's right. right? That's right. Because That's the, right. that quadrennial reevaluation had been missed. And we weren't That's doing right. it appropriately. Correct. And, and Correct. I think yeah, we... and I think he still fights the ruling on that issue and still doesn't agree with it. <laughs> yeah, but but and, but he throws up his hands and says, hey, it's the city's job to implement the phase in approach. And that has not been, been that has not been happened consistently. So we've got some we've got some but, you know, breakdowns. In every parish you have a collector and you have an assessor. Mm-hmm. That's and right. in every parish, they work together because they have to work together. Because if they don't, it's not a seamless, uh, efficient process. Yeah, and everyone's right. mindful of the deadlines. And you work together and you communicate with one another in order to meet the deadlines. This right. this city never meets the deadlines, rarely. We're missing, yeah, we were missing another deadline again this year. Exactly. I'd like to be able to talk about something other than missing the deadline. I mean, it's like this is craziness. Yeah. 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 And now people don't even know how to plan and how to save because they're waiting on pins and needles to know what their taxes are going to be. So we need the school board who's going to be taking the vote on January 18th to not roll forward. They can't. They cannot do this to the people of New Orleans. And, And the excuse that the school board gave about not completely understanding the implications of the MFP funding is why all of this got delayed. Well, guess what? (laughs) All 63 other parishes are faced with the same thing. They quantify it. It may not be to the dollar, but they got a pretty good idea as to where it's going to be. Why can't we, why can't they work that out here? I I don't understand. It's almost they as can. if the city yeah. of New Orleans is speaking a whole different language than the 63 other parishes in the state of Louisiana. Yeah. What language that is, I don't know, but, but the communication is not the same. Andronika, yeah. thank you so much for joining us this morning. Truly appreciate your time, your insight. Best of luck to you in this endeavor, and have a happy new year. Thanks. 
Same to you, Newell. Take care. That's Andre Nico Mars, head of the Greater New Orleans Housing Alliance. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 